Hi. Hey, welcome. Uh, welcome to Amy's Endless Watchlist. How are you doing? How's it going, guys? Um, yeah, so basically this is my podcast. And my name is Amy Freeman. I will be your host. And I will hopefully not be the only person talking on here eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah, so welcome to episode one. Uh, basically, I'll give you a little bit of an intro. I am Amy Freeman. I have two film degrees that I am currently still not using. <laughs> so this uh, podcast is a little bit of a kind of a, how can I put this? Like, like a little creative project where I get to chat about films and try and watch as many films as possible and by doing this podcast, hopefully I will stop driving my friends and family insane by talking about films nonstop. Uh, so yeah, so welcome. Welcome to my podcast. Uh, welcome to episode one as well. Like this is quite, I'm really excited. I'm not gonna lie. It's quite exciting. So yeah, so basically this podcast, as you can probably tell from the title, I have numerous, like many people probably, I have numerous numerous uh, films constantly added to my watch lists on my streaming kind of apps and you know applications like you know Amazon Prime and Netflix by the way you know they're not sponsoring this but you know one day soon maybe wink wink uh yeah so basically i have these i have this insane amount of watch lists on both of these things that i use on a daily basis but for whatever reason, I just seem to watch the same stuff, same movies, same TV shows, and my watch list keeps growing. Every time I see something cool, I'm like, oh, I'll add that to the list. But I never actually get around, sit, and just take two hours out of my week to just watch something. So this podcast is essentially trying to give me a kick up the butt to be like, right, let's actually try and get through this watch list. I have so many movies and I love so many different types of movies. So picking a film for this episode was really, really difficult. Uh, so yeah, I'm hoping to do this uh, once a week. I, I, I force myself, I get myself to watch a film from my watch list and I, you know, kind of review it, discuss it, what I liked, what I didn't like, and hopefully use a smidgen of uh, film knowledge if I can remember it from my student days. <laughs> and uh, then hopefully, you know, give it like a bit of a rating. I'll explain that later on in the episode. And uh, maybe discuss, you know, either a film that I like or don't like, depending on what it is, that, you know, the film that I've watched this week has reminded me of. Um, so yeah, I'll discuss something like that. That won't be like a review that would just be like a oh you know this film reminded me of this one um and i might tell you to check it out or i might tell you to run like the wind and never watch that movie again save two hours so yeah so welcome welcome to my podcast uh at the end of this as well i will try and discuss i don't know about you guys but like uh, you know i still even though i'm going for a watch list that is all based on streaming channels uh amazon prime and and, and Netflix and others, you know, despite that, I still love going to the cinema. I still really enjoy a big screen, surround sound, you know, in the dark, watching something on a huge screen. I, I love the cinema so much and I don't throw away any of my cinema tickets, or at least I don't think I do. I've got a box of them somewhere. 
so yeah, so at the end of the podcast as well, I will be planning to kind of uh, kind of wrap it up and end it with uh, cinema moments or theater theater moments. Yeah, I'm not sure quite what to call it yet. That one. So yeah, so those are the three things. So we'll be discussing one, the film that I've watched this week. Two, the film it's reminded me of, and three, uh, cinema moments or theater moments, depending on how I get to that. So yeah, so so this is it. Uh, yeah, so as I've already mentioned, I'm a huge film fan. And, you know, trying to pick a film for episode one, God, it was so difficult. Like, I am going to out myself right now. I'm a huge kind of geek slash nerd, whatever you want to call me. I love Star Wars. You know, I, I love Marvel. I love DC. So I love, you know, all the comic book movies and all that kind of stuff coming out. And yes, I do read the books and yes, I do read the comics. So, yeah, I'm full on, full on geekified and nerdified there. Uh, so, you know, I, I like, you know, what's coming out at the moment. Obviously, I'm really excited for future stuff. Marvel in particular is doing awesome. Uh, so, yeah, but on the other side of things, I also really love, you know, indie movies. I love biopics. I love history movies, uh, action movies, thriller movies, comedies, you know, romantic movies. I love the lot, you know, as long as it's a good story uh interesting characters you know i'm in basically uh so so trying to pick <laughs> with all that in mind um trying to pick uh, a film for episode one which is what this is it's quite exciting i mean i i i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't have a clue I didn't have a clue so i was just scrolling through my netflix this morning and i thought to myself what am i gonna watch what am i gonna watch and basically this film came up on my watch list it's called loving vincent it's from 2017 and i think the reason i picked it is because it's been on my watch list for a really long time and i thought you know what i just got i just got to watch this you know it's been sat there looking at me every time i scroll through my watch list and i just need to get this done uh and so yeah so i put it on and all I can remember before even pressing play was little bits of the trailer, and I think that's why it's on my watch list. I just remember it looking incredibly different, incredibly stunning, beautiful, and needless to say, as far as the visuals, I was not I was not disappointed. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much I'll give away during this episode. I'll try not to do spoilers, but I mean, at the end of the day, this is a film about Vincent van Gogh. And if you don't know your history or your art, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to blow the lid off this one. Um, Vincent van Gogh, you know, is famous for not being uh, incredibly successful during his actual lifetime. It wasn't until after his death that he actually became quite a famous artist and uh, all of his works actually decided to sell. Like, I think he only sold one painting in his actual lifetime. Uh, which is really a, like a sad, sad thing to talk about. Actually, when when you think of how amazing some of his incredible paintings are. Um, so yes, this film though, Loving Vincent, is essentially about it's 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 a while after Vincent has passed. I think it's a year, and basically, you know, uh, a friend of Vincent Van Gogh's, you know, has a letter that was supposed to be posted or or sent or delivered. I don't know how they work it back then, but. It was supposed to be sent to his brother Theo and the person who was a friend basically gives it to his son 
and, and sends him off on this kind of journey to try and find Vincent's brother. Um, and the only spoiler I'll give is that obviously the brother, unfortunately, is not around to accept the letter. So therefore, you know, uh, Douglas Booth's character, Armand, has to has to try and figure out another recipient, has to find out, you know, who to give the letter to. And the more I think Douglas Booth's character holds on to the letter, the more he becomes invested, I suppose, in in who in who's worthy of, of getting the letter. It's the last letter that Vincent wrote. And I think, you know, that's quite that's quite an important um I don't know about anybody else, but you know, if you write your last letter, I suppose you want it to get to the right person, don't you? That's the thing. So yeah, um, I'll just talk about you know this movie for a bit. Uh, watching it this morning was quite interesting, quite fun. Uh, visually, it was just—I must admit—it was just strikingly beautiful. Um, It's—I don't know if any of you know, but <clears throat> it's done. This film is is all sixty-five thousand frames of this film is is oil on canvas, if you can believe it. It's, I mean, that's pretty insane. And it's using the same techniques of painting that uh, Vincent van Gogh himself did. Um, so to really like put his, you know, the, you know, van Gogh's kind of style and personality and it's, it's, this film is literally brought to life with it. It's quite amazing. And this is created by a team of, I think it's over a hundred painters, which is just staggering. Uh, so yeah, so visually, like you are not disappointed. Like this, I must admit, the first ten minutes, you—it's a little bit jarring because I think you're trying to get used to the animation. There's nothing wrong with the animation. It's just the fact of obviously transitions are slightly different than film, and and you know this film in particular is animated in a way that I don't think any other is uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, so yeah, so it's it's just. It, take, it took me about, I'd want to say 15 to 20 minutes, sounds awful, doesn't it, to, to just get used to the style of the film, um, the look of the film. And and once you get once you get into that, it's just every scene is just then, every time something new comes on the screen, you're just kind of enjoying it, um, really enjoying it, like taking in what's breathtaking and beautiful about this incredible artwork that's basically moving on screen it's it's quite amazing so yeah I must I must admit the visuals had me I think I knew they always would have me from the trailer to be honest so yeah I was quite you know impressed like incredibly impressed um the cast itself the cast is quite incredible um there's quite a mixture of cast on this you know this I mean you got uh is it Sasha Sasha Ronan in it, who's quite big now, isn't she? Um, Douglas Booth, uh, God, who was the other one? There's Aidan Turner. I mean, there's there's a mixture of people in there, uh, among others. Uh, I think it's a, mostly a British cast, if I'm reading those names correctly. But yeah, basically, it's it's quite a good cast. It's quite quite well done. Douglas Booth. I mean, he's he's an interesting person to watch. I wouldn't say he's, you know, I don't know. In terms of acting, I think he's still got room to grow, which is good. But yeah, I mean, maybe because it's animated, you're slightly detached from the performance in the way that you wouldn't be as critical as if it was just on film, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think as it goes on, him as a main character, he plays the Armand who, 
you know, is trying to deliver this letter. And basically, you know, you, you I feel like you, as the audience, are very much on his journey. Like at the beginning, he doesn't really care. He didn't know Vincent. But then as he has to ask the questions and kind of becomes more and more obsessed a little bit with how, you know, the last few days of Van Gogh's life, um, you know, you be he becomes invested in it and it becomes a little bit of a kind of crime not who done it, but kind of like a crime, you know, was it suicide? Was it a murder? Was it an accident? Like you become invested in the end result. And I think because Douglas Booth's character is so invested in giving that letter to the right person, the more he finds out, I think you, you feel that weight of responsibility too, as the viewer, you want that letter to go to the right person. Um, so he did his job there in terms of, you know, I think, at the beginning, I didn't really care so much, but then by the end, I was just, I was right there along with that character in, you know, asking the questions and going on his journey and learning about this incredible artist who was also incredibly troubled. Um, so yeah, I mean, the film, it's quite interesting because the film touches on things that are quite uh, relevant today and being talked about more and more and stuff like mental health, because obviously, you know, um, it's quite, I suppose, is it well documented? I suppose it's well documented that Vincent van Gogh uh, suffered with melancholy, um, uh, depression, I suppose. Um, so, you know, so these kind of things like mental health, uh, you know, the fact that obviously, as far as we know as well, you know, he did commit suicide. Uh, there's no other, I suppose, evidence to the contrary. Although the film does lend, I suppose, or imply that maybe there was another situation or incident which would be interesting if i i don't know how you would ever find that in real life not without a time machine but hey it i'm going sidetracked sorry um so basically it's it's just quite interesting that the film i wasn't expecting it to kind of touch on um subject matters that i suppose uh are coming out more and more like mental health, like talking about suicide. Um, but they were also talking about other things like, you know, parents' expectations and, you know, this kind of idea of genius as well. Cause you know, one of the characters does say, you know, he was a genius. And I think it's, it's always, it's always interesting to me, you know, learning whether they're real or fictional where you have characters that, have either a high IQ or a genius level and yet they always even though they have this incredible um brain or knowledge or ability I suppose it's just that kind of you get intrigued as well by the fact that even though they have that I suppose they're still human and flawed by the way that they carry either self-doubt or depression or feel too much about things or the world and the way it's going and it's just really, really interesting that this film, talking about somebody who's, you know, long gone, who unfortunately wasn't appreciated during his time, and how, you know, how he was affected by, 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 you know, life and how things kind of didn't, unfortunately, go his way, not in his lifetime, anyway, he became famous and very, you know, his, and his paintings became incredibly, you know, successful after his death unfortunately so yeah I just found it interesting that this film touched on such um 
a mixture of subjects, which is quite interesting and, and subjects that I wasn't really, um, I suppose, I, I mean, obviously I knew Vincent van Gogh had, you know, he's, he's considered, I suppose, the troubled artist and, you know, fell in love. It didn't go right. And, you know, there's the famous incident of him cutting off his ear and handing it to the, to the person, um, I believe, I, was it, was she a prostitute? I don't know. But basically in the film, I think she was a prostitute. I don't know how correct that is. Please don't quote me on anything on here. So it's, it was, yeah, so it's, I don't know, it's just interesting that, uh, and another thing about this film that I really kind of enjoyed was that it's all talking about somebody, you know, somebody famous, obviously, but somebody who, it, you know, you don't actually get Van Gogh himself telling you his story. I mean, you get clips of him talking here you know his letters or you get clips and flashbacks um from many different characters on the journey's point of view on like how he interacted with them or how they perceived him or all this kind of stuff and it just makes it just makes me i'm just intrigued by stuff like that i like the fact that you know you can have one person and yet so many people around this person whether they're close or complete strangers can just have very different views or opinions or perspectives on this one person, this one character. Um, and I really, really enjoy that, actually. I think it's very incredibly human, incredibly human, how we perceive, you know, other people and ourselves as well. I think that's important. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I must admit, the film, though, despite enjoying it for all these different reasons, um, I was a little bit jarred by, because like I said, I think it's a, it's a mixture of British actors. Uh, it, it's 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 the jarring of the accents, I think. Like it's set in France, and yet you've got many different, many different British accents going on. And it's a bit, I must admit, I found it a little bit jarring going from one character to another character. And I don't know why, like, what was I expecting? Like all of these British actors to just put on fake, fake French accents, but talk English. Like, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know, but it just felt a little bit weird because it's all set in France or, you know, near Paris and all that kind of stuff. And yet they're talking in very British accents. Some of them Irish, some of them, you know, Northern and Southern and a bit of Cockney, I think comes out at one point with Douglas Booth. So. It's just a little bit, in my mind, somehow it doesn't make sense on that level. Part of me kind of wishes, well, why do you just get all French actors? Like, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm just being too picky. But I did find the accents jarring. But I mean, if at one point, you know, I get a blog together and a place where we can, as a community of listeners and stuff, maybe maybe you guys can voice whether you agree with me or not on this one so yeah i mean the other thing as well is the film despite the fact that, like i said like once it does pick up pace once you know the letter can't go to the right person because the you know unfortunately vincent's brother is dead spoiler i'm sorry you know that's a late spoiler for you but hey i gave that early uh so yeah like it does become, even though the crime part of it does kind of pick up pace and lends you more to kind of the main character's point of view and therefore going on this journey together, uh, it does feel kind of halfway through, a bit like Chinese Whispers, because 
he's going from one person and they'll be like, well, I saw him on this day. He was like this. And then it kind of, you know, like, well, if you heard different, then you need to go speak to somebody else or that's all I know and you need to speak to so-and-so. So at one point, there are a lot of scenes where he's just going from one character to another and they're all talking. Not that there's anything wrong with that. They all come with some form of flashback, which is quite cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does... I feel like repetition like on that level there's only so many times you can do it um without it getting annoying to the viewer i suppose uh but again that might just be me but that's something i took away from it like the accents and some of the repetition in the scenes was a little bit a, a little bit a little bit grating but not overly devastating to the film i would say so how would I rate this? So before we go any further, I will just explain a little bit about my rating system. So I didn't want to do, I didn't want to do a rating system where it was like, you know, nine out of 10 stars or five, I don't know, four out of five stars, however they do it in the magazines now, or, you know, nine out of 10 as in like a fraction or, you know, like Rotten Tomatoes have their way of doing things. Like I didn't want to do that. Like I thought, you know, I want to keep it simple. And so I've come up with three things, basically. Um, so basically the lowest of the low of my spectrum is, you know, if it's really bad and I wouldn't say, like, so I'm, I'm recommending don't waste your time. I'm basically saying, you know, the, the worst end of the spectrum is it's not even worth a pirate copy DVD. That's what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm gonna eventually, when I put up the blog, and get myself running on this podcast um, more routinely that basically, you know, we'll, I'll have symbols next to the movies that I review, uh, which will give you an indication on whether or not I think it's worthy, basically, of sitting down for a couple of hours and actually viewing it. So the end of, so I got three parts of the spectrum. So let's go back to that. So the bottom, it, like I just said, is it's not even worth a pirate copy DVD. The middle spectrum is where it's kind of good, but has its flaws, I suppose. And, you know, not a perfect film in any sense of the word, but maybe still enjoyable. So therefore I'd put like a TV kind of symbol there and say, you know, it's worth streaming or it's worth renting online. That, you know, that's the middle spectrum. Now the highest kind of accolade, I suppose, or achievement I could give a film is, is it worth buying a cinema ticket? Now, I don't know where you guys live, come from, whatever, but a cinema ticket at the moment where I live is roughly, I'm looking at my last cinema ticket now. I, this is gonna sound really bad. I pin them onto my board uh, every time I come in. So I've got like a stack. <laughs> I've got a real stack of cinema tickets at the moment on my board in front of me. And the last thing I went to go see was actually this Tuesday. And it cost me 13 pound, 13 pound in an adult seat in a UK cinema. So is it worth basically paying 13 pound to see this film? Like, so is it worth a cinema ticket? So there you go, that's your spectrum. So it's a pirate copy DVD, a TV basically where obviously you can stream or rent online or a cinema ticket. Like, is it worth paying the big bucks, seeing this on a big screen? So with this episode, episode one, I'm going to say that Loving Vincent, despite everything I've just mentioned and reviewed and said, I would say it's actually worth a cinema ticket. Like, I would have happily have forked out £13 to go watch Loving Vincent because 
I think despite the fact of you know some of the repetition and the not so well gelled accents let's say um I would say it's still worth seeing on the big screen I would have loved to have watched this movie in the cinema on a huge screen really enjoying the stunning kind of Van Gogh artistic visuals that are in this and I, I yeah I think I mean just for the visuals alone it would have been amazing but I also found this this movie quite moving and especially in the way it talks about you know Van Gogh's you know mental health and his or his state of being and and how you know deeply he thought about things and how deeply he cared about the world and his art and what he kind of wanted to achieve with it it's kind of it is moving like I did find it quite moving by the end and I feel like a bit like I suppose the main character Booth's character that you know it's it's definitely it's it's whether somebody's had an impact on you I feel like that's the question of the movie in a way it's like you know is it going to have an impact you know being an artist and putting yourself out there in the world I think it's important to have art and so I think that's probably why I suppose in a way I kind of can understand why you would ask those questions at the end of the film uh, so yeah, I mean, so that's my review basically. I, you know, there are many things I liked about this movie. There's a couple things where I think mm, could have been a bit better, um, or could have been tweaked, or what have you. But yeah, ultimately, as a review at the end, my stamp is like I would definitely have paid thirteen pound to see this in the cinema. It's it's quite an incredible film. It's it's and it's the first film of its kind. It's never been done before to make a whole, you know, sixty five thousand frames oil like all of them oil paintings like that's just incredible like unbelievable like hats off to them they did such an amazing job all of these artists it's an incredible achievement i feel so yeah so that's my review of loving vincent um moving on to the next segment of the uh of the podcast now uh what did this film kind of i suppose remind me of it so I had to think about this just for a split second like when I switched off Loving Vincent my first thought was of another film called Bobby which was uh, 2006 and I believe was it directed by Emilio Estevez or something like that I believe it was directed and written by him Um, but off the top of my head I haven't got those notes with me unfortunately so uh, but yeah Bobby it reminded me of Bobby because in that movie, Bobby, it's basically about Bobby Kennedy's assassination in a very famous hotel, which unfortunately I think has been t- like turned down into rubble now. Uh, but basically, it's about the impact of Bobby on on everyone at the hotel. So that's guests, that's you know people in charge of the restaurant, people in charge of the hotel itself, the management, you know to the waiters like kind of what all their expectations are on Bobby uh, becoming president of the United States that's obviously what they were uh, well what a lot of people were hoping for but what's interesting about the movie is you never really meet Bobby it's just you know it's everybody's kind of points of view and perception and and I you know what their ideas are of him uh and how all of that affects 
them and that's all before the assassination then obviously after the assassination it's 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 build up to that really but after the assassination you don't really need that many words to see the amount of despair shock anger um i mean that that film at the end of that film always makes me cry without fail and i just find it interesting because it's a biopic about a very famous person but you never really get to meet the person it's all other people's other people's expectations on this person and that's what i found really really interesting like all their hopes and dreams and it's yeah i find that quite interesting and that's what loving vincent kind of reminded me of so uh i mean bobby 2006 is a mixture there's such a huge cast in that one i would highly recommend it just for the cast alone but basically i would recommend bobby because it's similar to loving vincent in the way that it's about a famous person a famous person who comes to an end uh, in a very unfortunate manner so very similar to loving vincent as well and in my opinion it's just it's a really human thing about how we all perceive each other and how we're all kind of, you know, these humans, you know, you go out into the world and you, you put your clothes on and you walk out the door and you kind of hope that you're going to make friends and get along and, you know, make a living and all this kind of stuff. And, and at the same time, I suppose you're engaging with other people and you're, you know, I don't want to say judging, but you, you're, you're always perceiving people a certain way just like they're perceiving you a certain way so like you know people who I work with or people who know me from many different ways will have probably different ways of describing me or maybe different ways of talking about me and and I just find it fascinating and incredibly human as a as a whole I just find that I suppose it's not really a concept is it but I suppose it is you know I just find that very interesting as subject matter and and also how you can make a movie about somebody without that person completely in the movie it's very tricky uh so you have to be clever about it so that's that's why i'm giving a nod to both bobby and loving vincent in this episode episode one so yeah uh so yeah so that's that's my that's what the film the other film that i'm just briefly thought of and so now I'm just going to move very quickly on to uh, cinema or theatre moments. I can't decide on what I'm going to call this bit. Theatre moments? What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Theatre moments. It sounds... I think theatre moments sounds a bit more posh, doesn't it? Cinema moments? We'll have to take a vote on this, guys. I'm serious. I, I can't decide between the two. So, like I mentioned earlier, actually, I went to the cinema this Tuesday. And... Um, so this is just, this theatre moments, just to give you a quick, quick overall, is basically, I love going to the cinema, I still do. And basically, I still keep all my receipts from all the times I go, whether they're good or bad films. Most of the time I'm not disappointed, but, you know, there's been the occasional one or two. And so I just wanted to have this segment of the podcast to talk about, you know, cinema experiences, good and bad. And I wanted to kind of reach out to you know whoever's listening and get your feedback on some of this or maybe you know share some of your share some of your cinema theater moments as well which would be quite interesting so here's here's one of mine anyway so so basically you know uh, i don't think i mean i went to the cinema this tuesday but i don't think this is the film i'm talking about i think i went and saw there we go i saw mary queen of scots on the 20th of january this year 
with a good friend of mine called Ellie, who I hope to have on the show at one point. She's got some great insights. You'll really, really enjoy her. And so basically we went to see Mary Queen of Scots. We're both big fans of the actresses involved. I think it's Margot Robbie and uh, it must be, I, I've already said her, haven't I? Is it Sasha Rowan? Yeah. Uh, incredible actresses. Uh, really, really good. And Mary Queen of Scots. I mean, like I said earlier, I love history. So yeah, uh, it, this was definitely a good pick film. It was really, really good. And it's interesting to get two very different points of view of you know women in power at such a difficult time to be in power as a woman so that was interesting and i think we just went because we both really liked the actresses involved and it did look really really good so i'm happy to report like i really enjoyed the film like maybe another time i'll do a proper review on it but this is about cinema moments so you know we're in the movie theater and most of the movie theater in this in this kind of film it was i don't want to say it was a mixture of ages i think it was mostly ages you know mostly people are adults you know not i didn't see any teenagers maybe i'm wrong but I, i'm pretty sure i didn't and some of the audience was a bit older i feel than me and ellie so maybe like 40s 50s maybe 60s like i feel like it was a bit of an older audience which is fine that's cool but where I, you know, what really annoys me and Ellie, I think, I think me and Ellie have the same kind of uh, cinema expectations, shall we say. And basically halfway through the film, somebody's mobile went off. And Ellie, who is incredibly like passionate about film, like me, literally was just like, oh, come on, that's ridiculous. Like, you know, that, like, why did that happen? And it went off you know, no problem, you know, it stopped. It's not like they took their phone out and started having a conversation, but still. Like, stuff like that in a cinema just absolutely irritates me. Like like I just said earlier, like, you pay £13 to go watch a film. Like, £13, like, I mean, I could get God knows how many pints with that at my local pub. What, four or five? Maybe five pub? Like, five pints? I don't know. So it just really irritates me that, you know, you pay, you know, what is now getting to be a lot of money to then have people either on their phones in the cinema which irritates me like why would you have your phone on when the big screen is on like come on priorities and you have somebody's phone go off in the middle of a film like when at the beginning they tell you switch your phones off not once but i'm sure twice they tell you to switch your phones off so it just irritates me. Like me and Ellie like got to the end of that film and we really enjoyed the film. Like it was a cracking movie. It was really, really good. Like brilliant performances all round, really interesting take on power and women in that time. It was fascinating. And yet, you know, one of the things we walked, you know, driving back, I think in the dark or something, Ellie was just like, can you believe somebody's phone went off? Like she said, and it's not like there was teenagers in the back row. She said, but it was like, a proper like phone call going off and I was just like yeah just that sucks you know so much like you know it just ruins in my experience it just ruins the whole seeing of the film like in you know that's the first time you're seeing it and sometimes in cinemas like cinema experiences I feel are very important because like if you have a bad experience like people talking or people on their phones or you know people taking the 
you know, I don't want to swear too much on here, but people taking the piss, basically. Like, why did they bother coming to the cinema if they're just there to ruin your experience? I've got a few others like this. I've got some good experiences in cinema as well. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, like my pet peeve is just, you know, phones in cinemas, like switch them off. Like, it's not that difficult. Um, I don't know what you, you know, what anybody else thinks about this. I mean, do you, does anybody else care about like cinema etiquette? I mean, do you think it's dead? Like part of me feels like with phones, especially smartphones and mobile phones now, it does feel like cinema etiquette is kind of slowly going out the window and it's driving me a little bit crazy, especially when I'm sat at the back of a theater and I can see the glaring screen of a mobile phone at the front to a point where it's so obvious I can see them checking their Facebook. It's like, why are you on Facebook? You can be on Facebook any other time of day, but no, you decided to pay 13 pounds, sit in the dark, piss other people off whilst we're watching a movie and check your Facebook. Like, why, why do it? So yeah, so that's what happened in my cinema theater moments in the past couple of weeks. So I was one of them anyway. So yeah, so I, I just kind of wanted to like have a moment where we could talk about theater moments, theater etiquette, you know, theater, just memories, I suppose, like what you remember from the theater, like when you're younger, I will discuss things like that. Like I remember like coming out of certain movies as a kid and like, you know, wanting to like, I don't know, be like, be like a pilot or be whatever it was on the screen or something like that. And it was just so exciting as a kid. Uh, and I still get that excitement when I go to the cinema now. It's just now I'm an adult and I, have to restrain myself from chucking things at people who constantly have their phones on in the cinema it drives me slightly mad um so yeah like if i'm what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna upload this episode i'm gonna try and stop talking really fast because that was a lot to do in one episode and yeah so i'll try and get a blog up i'll try and get a space or an email or a contact where you know anybody listening can kind of send me maybe their theatre moments. It would be interesting to kind of read other people's and see if we kind of all experience similar things, good or bad. Like, feel free to like mention, you know, obviously the good as well. Like, I just basically had a rant just now about how somebody's phone going off in a cinema really peed me off, but that's just me. So I have many other stories to tell and I'm sure, and I'm hoping obviously that I'll get to share some of yours. So this will be interesting, nice. So yeah, thank you for joining me for episode one. I think I'm about to lose my voice. <clears throat> no, it's okay. It came back. It's fine. So yeah, no, thank you for joining me. Uh, I really enjoyed my movie today and I hope I look forward to doing another one next week. Next week, I have no idea exactly what day I will be posting episode two. However, I will definitely, it's going to be weekly. I'm going to try and set down whatever certain day it will be hopefully maybe another friday would be quite good so yeah that's what i'm gonna do and next week i'm not planning like any specific type of genre movie or anything like that i'm literally just gonna go through my watch list see what takes my fancy and you know hopefully fingers crossed i won't waste two hours of my life hopefully it'll be a good movie and uh, it'll just make me wish i'd seen it in cinema instead of slapping it on my uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime watch list. So, so yeah, but let's basically once a week, I'm going to do a movie, discuss it. Hopefully in future as well episodes, I'll get some friends and maybe some family to come in who can discuss some of their movies as well and their, and their theater moments 
as well, which would be quite cool. So, so yeah, so again, thanks for listening. Hope you've really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, let's just discuss more films in future. Have a good one.